coming up. We're going to discuss the Cubs dropping another series. We're also going to do a quick segment on NFL running backs and what we think about the future of that position. So it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, to start us off here. Today, the Cubs are not in the playoff picture. So if this if the playoffs started today, the Cubs are out. They're tied for the third wild card spot with the Marlins. They do not have the tiebreaker against any of the teams in the mix other than the Giants. So if the playoffs started today, the Cubs would be out for the first time in many weeks. Uh, I believe they're 3-10 and 10 in their last 13 games. It has been a very tough stretch against particularly the Diamondbacks have really hurt us. But again, dropping series to the Rockies and the Pirates, this has really been difficult. Um, so I'm going to run through these games, talk about them a little bit. I don't have my counterpart with me tonight. Caden was a little bit under the weather. I think that's part of this uh, beginning high school years for him and getting a little worn down with sports and things like that. So jumping right into it, game one, exciting game. It was that Cubs, you know, we're going to put up the big number. And I was worried. You put up the big number sometimes in game one, and then it sets you up for letdowns moving into the other games. So the Cubbies had a 14-1 win in game one. They had a really solid outing from Assad. Five innings pitched, five hits, one earned. The bullpen was absolutely perfect in this game. Four innings pitched, no hits, no earned runs. Um, eight Ks, so the bullpen was awesome in this game. Um, the offense was hot. Four home runs. We had this Canario. The kid got his first hit, hit a grand slam in the game. A um, couple other notes on the offense. Suzuki's just staying hot. He's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball in the second half of the season. Awesome work by him. And another thing that we noticed in this game was that you're starting to see Wisdom put in better at bats. It looks like he's seeing it better. So that can be a good thing for the Cubs in this final stretch of games here. I believe there's three series left. And they're going to be tough. I mean, we got the we got the Rockies, which, again, shouldn't be tough for us. But they got us last time. And then closing out with the Braves and the Brewers, I just don't know if the Cubs are, are going to make it. So again, the offense was phenomenal in this game. The pitching was phenomenal. Everything really came together in game one. We had another series just like this where we came out in game one, had a big win, and then let down the next two. Similar situation here. Uh, game two lost 13-7. to So as you can see by the score, Cubs still putting up runs. Uh, offense not playing terrible. Um, just as they creep back into games, the bullpen's now letting us down. So it's like we always talked about this team being able to have all those pieces working together. Good starting pitching, good bullpen, solid offense that's grinding out at bats, getting on base, playing a little small ball, playing a little long ball, doing these different elements. And that's what we're missing right now. We're not getting the different pieces to work together. So here we had a second consecutive awful performance by Steele. Um, three innings pitched, eight hits, six earned, and you could actually see it. You could see him missing his spots. Even early in the game, I know he was getting some strikeouts, but you could just tell, leaving balls out over the plate, uh, 0-2 counts, not really putting in a good wasted pitch, kind of still hanging them out over the plate, guys hitting the balls hard, hitting foul balls hard. You could just see it materializing earlier in the game. Sure enough, by the third inning, they really got to him. 
And unfortunately for Steele, who has been so fantastic for the Cubs this year, I just don't. I think he might be giving up the the Cy Young here in these last couple games. These are important games for the Cubs. This is when they're making their push for the postseason, and he's not getting it done. So I think the Cy Young is definitely in doubt with these last two performances. We will see him again. I'm hoping he finishes strong. Right now he's 16-5, and five, and again, we're, we're really looking forward to, to seeing him go again, and I'm, I hope that he can finish strong even if the Cubs do not make it. The bullpen, bad again. Uh, Six-inning pitch, seven earned. Seven hits they gave up. It's Like I said, it's just they're falling behind. The offense is kind of getting them back into the game. This was a perfect example. Hap hits a grand slam, cuts it to 8-6. Really looks like the Cubs are back in this game. Looks like maybe the momentum's turning their way, and then they, they continue to give runs back. So that's what we really saw, and, and that same trend really continued in Game 3. Uh, you know, we had some chances. The offense started producing, getting us back in the game, and then we'd give it up on the other end. So game three, we had Hendricks, solid game, six innings pitch, seven hits, one earned. Uh, they scored three runs. There was a, a key error by Swanson in there. Not common. Um, it's pretty amazing when you look at this Cubs team and, you, and they show the defense and you really see gold gloves all over the place out there. So, we again, I, it's hard for me to complain. Errors happen. Swanson's a phenomenal shortstop, but, again, the timing there was not great. So ended up getting a few across there early against us. But the bullpen in this series outside of Game 1, you know, in Games 2 and 3, they really just weren't keeping it close. I mean, if you look at the combined performance of uh, Merriweather and Boxberger, 1.1 innings pitched, four hits, five earned runs. I mean, we got it tight going into the ninth, and then we gave them another set of runs. So, again, just a very frustrating series because we don't have all the elements working together, which is really what it took to get the Cubs in this spot. Now, as a Cubs fan, it's hard to not be disappointed. Uh, they look so promising here for a really long stretch, winning a ton of series, had all the pieces working. But we have to be honest with ourselves. This team has overachieved. And it has been a fun group. And it's it's really fun sometimes to see a team gel, come together, even though you know they really do have some deficiencies. And some of those deficiencies have really showed out here recently. I know they can still get in. And when it comes to the MLB postseason, anything can happen. And that's why it's so exciting to see your team potentially be able to make a push and sneak in and then maybe make something happen. The bats get hot. The bullpen starts to fire again. Alzale's back. You got Stroman back. I mean, you get you get all these pieces back and maybe you can make that push. But it, it's hard to be upset with the team. I mean, these guys have, have really battled this year. They still got a chance to make it in. We're pulling for them. I'm hoping that they can close out strong. They got nine games left. Again, they're still in the mix. It looks like the, the Diamondbacks are two up in that second slot. Phillies have kind of solidified that first spot in the wild card. We're going to be clinging on to this third spot, battling with the Marlins and the Giants. I really hope the Cubs get it. But if they don't, heck of a year. And heck of a performance by many players that were not expected to do what they did this season. And I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to what we can do with this core. Let's keep this core together. Let's spend a little dough and let's make it happen. Moving on. 
I wanted to talk a little bit about NFL running backs. We're full swing into the NFL season as the MLB playoffs get rolling and then NFL gets a little further along. We will start incorporating more NFL talk, so I'm looking forward to doing that. But right now, anybody that saw the Steelers versus Browns game, there was a really severe injury to Nick Chubb in that game, and it was hard to see. And, and honestly, I know there's always talk about, you know, was it a dirty play, what happened, so on and so forth. I thought it was a dirty play. I mean, when you see a guy going up the middle and you just see a guy come in from the side and dive straight into his leg, um, it's pretty hard to see. And it's difficult to see for people that were athletes and people that were not athletes just to see a guy who put so much into his career, so much work into it, and to see in that moment Another player goes low, and this guy's done for the season, and it's a knee that's been injured. It was injured at Georgia back in 15, same knee. You just don't know. You don't know how many chances this guy's going to get. You don't know how he's going to come back from that. So it was very sad to see that, and it made me dig into this NFL running back thing a bit. Um, Early in the season, everybody might remember, running backs were talking about their salaries, you know, kind of getting together as a group. You had Jacobs and Saquon and these guys trying to figure out how to running how do running backs get paid more. And the basic dilemma is that kind of the prime of a running back's career seems to be those first few years. They're on rookie deals. They don't get paid enough. And then when they're finally ready to get paid more, the league doesn't, the teams don't want to pay them more because they're ready for that next crop of young backs that's coming. So that's kind of the summary here. But really, for me, looking into it, when you look at the top end of the backs in the league and what they get paid, the dilemma is pretty obvious here. Um, you got a guy like CMC McCaffrey. He's getting 16 million a year. He's the he's got the highest average salary, uh, annual salary for a back. Then you go to Kamara, 15 mil. Henry, 12 mil. Chubb was 12 mil. Aaron Jones from the pack, 11. Saquon, 10. Jacobs, 10. And then you start to tear off a little bit to, to Connor in Arizona and then Sanders at 7 and 6, respectively. So that, that's the top end. Those are like your top 10 paid backs in the league. And I just wrote those down and looked at those numbers and thought to myself, well, it's pretty obvious why teams don't want to pay these guys, right? Um, CMC's hurt all the time. Now, he's a, he, it looks like he's really found a home in San Francisco. He's got another uh, strong back there with him, and he's able to, you know, I really think that's a successful situation for him. But again, you look over the last four or five years, hurt a lot. Kamara, he's one of those players that looks like he may be done, and he's missing time. Uh, when he's on the field, he still looks pretty good, but he didn't look as explosive last year. And he's the second highest paid running back in the league. Doesn't look like he's got it. Henry, a beast, phenomenal running back. Last year, hurt. Chubb, he's been one of the steadiest guys. Look at what happened to him the other night. There's a risk here. There's an injury risk. And when there's this injury risk, it's a money risk for the team. You can just see it going down the list. You either have guys that are injured all the time or guys that you just don't know what you're going to get out of them. Let's talk about Saquon. Saquon had a good year last year, but he was he was spent a couple years recovering from an ACL. 
and ten million a year, he's on the top end. He can't, how do how can you complain? Whether you're franchise tagged or not, you're on the top end of the league. You're making because here I can pull from the bottom of the league. I can start pulling guys from three and a half million down, and we're gonna start talking about some guys that you would love to have on your club, and possibly over some of the guys that I just named, especially guys like. Uh, Miles Sanders and James Conner. How about Brees Hall? How about Brees Hall at 2.2 mil a year? The guy's a stud. He's fast. He's strong. How about ETN? Legit field speed. Okay. We're talking about Reggie Bush type field speed out of that guy. He can do it all. He can catch it out of the backfield. How about Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor's making $2 million a year. He's going to get traded this year. He's going to make a difference for a contending team. Robinson on the Commanders. Okay. $1.2 million a year. Algier on the Falcons. He's making under a million. That guy looks phenomenal. Obviously, he's got B. John back there with him now. But, I mean, the guy, is a, he's a really good back. He's less than a million a year. Pacheco on the Chiefs, less than a million a year. I mean, these guys are explosive running backs. And... You can see why these problems exist. You just can't justify paying the guys 15, 20 million a year when you know the cliff is there or they're going to get injured. It's just what history has taught us. Look at Elliott. The Cowboys paid him, they paid him big. Didn't really work out for them, right? Because you don't know where that cliff is. But one thing you do know is there's a whole crop of young backs coming behind them. So you hate to see it because you know these guys work hard, but their injury risk is higher, their career is shorter, and their cliff, you just don't know when it's coming. There's just not that many Adrian Petersons out there. So that's my hot take on these backs. I just, you know, like I said, I feel bad for their situation. The fact that they can't collect the type of money that some of these other players can collect with the long-term deals, but you can't blame the teams. History shows it. The numbers show it. The injuries show it. Everything shows it. And for Nick Chubb, I wish you back happy and healthy, man. You are a phenomenal player. It was hard to see that happen to you. I know you're the type of guy that's going to come back from it and come back hopefully stronger than you were before. But that's my piece on the backs. Thank you so much for listening to our pod tonight. I know it's a short one. I don't have my counterpart with me. I don't have Uncle Clint with me. I'm flying totally solo here, so I'm just keeping it nice and short for you. Remember to like us. Follow us wherever you get your pods, Spotify, Apple. We appreciate everybody listening. We're going to stay consistent. We're going to keep putting them out. We love talking sports. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good night.